Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Since the beginning of time, rulers, leaders, and politicians have been heavily scrutinized by the public. Joe Biden currently has a 56% approval rating, so a little over half the country is pleased with his work. And for good reason. It's easy to criticize our government, but what about our smaller governments? What about our cities and our towns? Earlier this year, Chicago had voted out Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the preliminaries, which is almost unheard of for a recumbent mayor. Well, Chicago is not the only city that's had its struggles with mayors. Today, we are going to be focusing on former mayor of Detroit, Kwame Kilpatrick, a man who promised fortune, prosperity, and 21st century solutions to the crumbling city of Detroit. However, what followed his term was chaos, greed, and scandal. What happened? Find out on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Can't have shit in Detroit, including a not corrupt mayor. Also, I'm surprised there was no recumbent joke. You're just gonna oh. you're let it. No, no, no. You can't make it out. You're just like I can't believe you just let that one go. It's just really, it's really uncharacteristic of you. It is. It is. I fucked up. Also, uh, apologies. As you know, I it's it's not my place to apologize, but Nina's sick today. Yeah, so I've I'll had a it. bad cough for like three weeks. So we'll just... And I do have a cough drop in my mouth. I was to say, we'll put that up because I was like, I'm hearing it. And there she's was not, a click. She's not an old woman sucking on a butterscotch candy. But I could be. She could would be. you like my Werther's Original? Actually, yeah, dude. Sponsored. Those, this episode sponsored by Werther's oh, Original. I wish. Those things are fire, dude. Honestly, I love a Werther's original. I I am an old lady because I love those and I love those stupid little strawberry candies that are filled. Oh my, yeah. I fucks with those. Those are so good. Where do you even buy those? I've only seen them at funeral homes. That's where I get them. Oh. I just go into funeral homes around here and I fucking steal them. Because Sean is just pretending that his relative died. He's just breaking into funeral homes, like crashing the funeral so he can get the strawberry candies. They got my pictures over all of them. I'm not going to be able to get a coffin when I die. Like, it's not, it's not funny. When my grandpa died, my mom and my grandma were coffin shopping. And my grandma was like, there was a red one. And she was like, oh, this one's nice. And my mom's like, dad would not want a red coffin. And my grandma's like, no, for me. All right. Well, my du- mom was like, "This is weird." Duly noted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me put that in my Samsung notes real mm-hmm. quick. Mom wants red coffin. Takes a picture, puts that in there. Well, welcome to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I'm I'm permanently banned from funeral homes, and my name's Kashan. And I am welcome at every funeral home, and I'm Nina. <laughs> They're dying to get her in there. Good one, Kashan. <laughs> Thanks. I yeah. love low-hanging fruits. Yeah. Yeah. You would know a lot about that. Um, <laughs> that's a balls joke. Um, okay, sorry. Anyways, this is very off-topic. We've gone on a rant. Let's talk about what we're supposed to talk about. Please. All right. The lovely city of Detroit. Detroit, Michigan, baby. Fucking love that town. No, oh, really? I don't. The first sentence of this outline sure <laughs> seems to differ with you. 
that you wrote, by the way. If anyone's listening to Detroit, Nina wrote this episode. Listen. So whatever's in it, it's not, it reflects her views and not necessarily mine. Listen. I think you all know about your city. <laughs> wow. You're double down. Get yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I it. stand by everything I say. So Detroit, Michigan is notorious for being a city that needs work. Once thriving with motor industry, Detroit was a town that people would purposefully move to. And a big reason for that is Henry Ford. Henry Ford set up a bunch of shit in Detroit, Michigan. In 1950, it was the fifth most populous city in the U.S., but in the 70s, people began choosing foreign cars over American-made ones because of the oil crisis, and this caused American automakers to lay off thousands of workers, and this is when the tide started to turn for Detroit. I blame the Toyota Camry. Everyone had one of those for some fucking reason. I'm always in champagne. Why? Okay, mine is green. It's a blue-green you own a Toyota Camry now? Yeah, that's my brand new car. I've seen your new car. Oh, my God. Well. So, I'm not going to go into the whole history of Detroit, but ever since then, it's kind of been a city on the decline. It was said that 40% of streetlights didn't work in Detroit. All right? That's what we're dealing with. When I went in high school, now granted, I haven't been there in like 13 years, but last time I was there, there were a lot of buildings with no windows. Why we had a youth group trip to Detroit, Michigan is beyond me. It's an open air concept. True. Nina, it's for a cross breeze. I kept getting in trouble when we went to Detroit because the hotel we stayed at was by this strip club called the Landing Strip. <laughs> and my friend and I just thought it was so funny. And we no, kept, that is funny. And That's we funny. just kept getting in trouble. <laughs> Yo, you were right. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. We're like, landing strip. And they were like, how do you know what that is? And we're like, we're 14 and 15. We should know what that is. Like, I have a landing strip. What are you talking about? Mm, Probably not when I was 15. I did. Why did you? Okay. Um, Just (laughs) that. Is that what they call your ass crack? The landing strip? Wow. (laughs) No. It's because of the the decorative pattern that my 15-year-old pubic hair was in. I don't want that. Don't make it weird. Come on. You just made it weird by saying that sentence. What are you talking about? Get a hold of your 15-year-old and those other words in the same sentence. Now I do the martini glass. Okay, I'm moving on. (laughs) Let's talk about the mayor of Detroit in the early 2000s. Please. Kwame Kilpatrick was born to be in politics. His mother was a career politician and represented Detroit in the Michigan House of Representatives from 1979 to 1996 and served in the U.S. House of Representatives for Michigan's 13th Congressional District from 1996 to 2010. Ooh, downgrade, though. She went from she went from federal to to state. Mm -hmm. Yikes. His father was also in politics. Kilpatrick definitely wanted to go into the political route because in 1992, he graduated from Florida A&M University with a degree in political science. Kilpatrick was elected into the Michigan House of Representatives in 1996 when his mother vacated her seat when she made her bid for Congress. On his, what? He took her position? Yep. That's weird, right? That's nepotism. That's well, you do get voted in. Yeah, but people chosen. True, but people are like. Oh, for mother son. I'll vote for him because she was there. Keep a Kilpatrick in the seat. It's kind of it's just kind of sad he was like, "Get back to fucking state, mom." Yeah, right. Let the real Kilpatricks take care right. of it. On his campaign staff were high school friends Derek Miller and Christine Beatty. 
All right. Um, Beattie later became Kilpatrick's legislative aide, and the two later, we will find out, will end up having an affair. Now, Kilpatrick said that um, the reason that he had his friends as part of his, uh, what do I want to say, campaign staff, and then later when he becomes mayor, he keeps those friends as like aides and stuff like that. He says he likes he tries to quote the Bible and he's like, what God has joined together, let no man. What does he say? He doesn't say the verse right, but basically what God has put together, let no man separate. And that was his uh, reasoning for bringing his high school friends along in his political journey. Kilpatrick said that his campaign was only run on a budget of $10,000 and that he didn't receive any endorsements. I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe you could pull that off in 1996. That's why he had his friends on the fucking trail. Right? They were, they were like, okay, you don't free. have to pay us. Yeah. Kilpatrick was elected minority floor leader for the Michigan Democratic Party from 1998. He held that position from 1998 to 2000. He was elected as the House Minority Leader in 2001 and was the first black person to hold that position. Wow. Yeah. If only he wasn't the center of today's episode, I could be, I could be happy about that. Yeah. In 2001, Kilpatrick decided to run for the mayor of Detroit. On New Year's Eve day, or sorry, on New Year's Day. <laughs> I was like, what? New Year's Day, 2002, Kilpatrick became the youngest person to become the mayor of Detroit at 31 years old. That's like me becoming a mayor. <laughs> That's such a bad idea. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he had a political science degree and years of experience, and you have a theater degree and... <laughs> pots like yeah it's yeah you're different people that's right? true that's you, 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 hey, you want to put him up there as lady Macbeth. you also put you up there as lady Macbeth. but you know it's you, you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. yeah i mean we did different different qualifications <laughs> yeah qualifications yeah. kilpatrick made some big decisions as mayor when looking at the city budget, he decided to close the zoo and the aquarium because of the city's budget problems. <laughs> Why are we spending all this goddamn money on fish? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing. He picks up another paper. He's like, fucking lions too? What the hell is that? And he's just freaking out. <laughs> Hilarious. The city council overrode his decision to close the zoo and gave the zoo a budget of $700,000. <laughs> wow, they were like, fuck you. Fuck you, and, we're keeping the zoo. And in response, we're giving the lions more money. They're yes. majestic, mm -hmm. all right? Kill Patrick. Although the city's finances were in disarray, Kilpatrick found a way to use city funds to finance a Lincoln Navigator for his family. He also used the city credit card for spas, massages, expensive dinners, and expensive wine. Can you do that? <laughs> is that honestly politics is a weird one because like that could be allowed. It could. Uh, it's probably not. Though. It probably wasn't because probably not. Kilpatrick did pay back 9000 of the 210000 that he spent, which was very kind of him. That's like none of it. That's like none of it. It's like legitimately none of it. Yeah, he was using the city's credit cards to do this shit. It's like if I stole like 300 bucks from you to go buy a PlayStation and then you found out and I was like, here's 30 bucks back. We're cool, right? And I get to keep the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool. No, it's not cool. It's not cool. In 2005, Time Magazine named Kilpatrick one of the worst mayors in America. This is just the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah, this is the first 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it gets worse. Um, 
So we're going to go back in time a little bit. We jump around a little bit in this episode, I will say. Everything's not linear. So now most political figures have at least a few scandals in their career that define them and kill Patrick. No different. Before I start on this horrible story, Kashan, if you were a stripper, what would your name be? Man, it would probably have to be something like Jeb Bush's campaign trail because no one would show up. (laughs) All right. Like no one's coming to me as a stripper. All right. I know my worth and that's not it. No, you got a big booty. You find one stripper who looks like me that's not a joke, <laughs> and then we'll discuss. I don't oh, think there, there is, is one. one. There is that one stripper. Um, there's no demand, okay? I know a little bit about economics, okay? I may have the supply, but there's no demand. Hold on. I'm there not is drawing a stripper. A You're going to be so mad at me. <laughs> Bert Kreischer. <laughs> I do I. I do not have as big of a gut as oh, Bert no, you Kreischer. You absolutely do not. And I'm way hairier than <laughs> Bert Kreischer. I just wanted to piss you off. I couldn't remember his last name. I was like, it's Bert. It's the Bert. machine. The machine. Maybe that could be your stripper name. If I had a stripper name, it would be Big Cookie. Ew. <laughs> Why? It makes it sound like you have an abnormally large vagina. I which do. Which is like not... It's not one of those things that people. It are can like, fit everybody. Like, oh yeah, I got these. I got these like big old tits. I got this big ass. No one's like, I got this fat pussy, baby. But no one's doing that. Okay, it's a weird one. So um, now it's the fun part's over. Uh, the sad part begins. So in 2003, um, Tamara Green or Strawberry, as her stage name was, was a stripper that was murdered in Detroit. Okay. Green was driving her car and her boyfriend was in the passenger side when a white Chevy Trailblazer pulled up beside them and shot them both. Now, Green died instantly, but her boyfriend survived. Green was in school to be a nurse. She was trying to make something of herself and give her children a better life, but she was killed. After Green's murder, the focus was on her boyfriend's lifestyle because he was a drug dealer and many believed that he had bad blood with someone and that they were seeking revenge. There was even a suspect named, although Green's boyfriend stated that he did not see that suspect in the car that night. And the suspect was actually already in jail when the murder happened. So Green was killed with a 40 caliber Glock pistol. And it'll be important later in this story that this is the same type of gun that was issued to the Detroit Police Department. Now, Green's father says that before her death, Green was extremely paranoid that people were following her and that she was receiving phone calls during phone calls during all hours of the day. Although Green never said who was calling her or stalking her, another exotic dancer came forward and shared her story. So a few days after Labor Day in 2002, 50 exotic dancers were paid $1,000 each to perform at the Manoogian Mansion. The Manoogian Mansion? Yo, let's all go to that fucking stripper party at the Manoogian. Like, what? The Manoogian. So, the Manoogian mansion is the official residence of the mayor of Detroit. So, it's like the White House of Detroit. Was this a joke? No. Did they send $50,000 worth of strippers to the fucking 
the mayor's house is a joke? No. He bought $50,000 worth of strippers? Also, yeah. why is it called the Manoogian <laughs> Mansion? I swear to God that Michigan is actually like a um, Dr. Seuss book because they've got Kalamazoo, Manoogian Mansion. Like, silly names for things. They also have a town called Hell. But anyways, the Manoogian Mansion. So, of course, everybody who was there at this party was an elected official or a police officer. Police officer. And I'm sure tax dollars went to that party, but that's neither here nor there. Green was giving Mayor Kilpatrick a lap. Let me go start that again. Green was giving Mayor Kilpatrick a lap dance when his wife Carlita came in. And Carlita lost her fucking mind. That's the last straw, Barry. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Who's Barry? Why are you getting Strawberry. That's ah! the stripper's name. <laughs> but but Carlita lost her mind. She started punching Green. It is said that Green crashed through a wooden coffee table when she fell. Um, Carlita then struck Green in the head with a piece of wood that was from the coffee table. Oh, shit. Carlita's yeah, she, crazy. She beat the shit out of this girl. She's just doing her job, man. I, literally. Literally. She did nothing. Honestly. Honestly. Strawberry. Did nothing wrong. No. She was hired for an event. She, she was doing lap day. That's and what strippers I, I, do. Okay, listen. I know that Kilpatrick is just the mayor of Detroit, but you're not going to, like, if the mayor of Detroit, if, the, if you're mayor, if, if Brandon Johnson walked into this apartment right now and was like, Kashan Bachelador, give me a lap dance, you're not going to tell him no. Honey, that is what I'm going to tell him. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not just going to give a lap dance out to the mayor just because he's the mayor. What if he gave you a thousand dollars? No, plus cash. No. Okay, you and I think very differently. Thousand dollars is not enough. In 2003, though, or in 2002, inflation isn't that big of a deal in 20 years for me to give a lap dance to the mayor. I would give Brandon Johnson a lap dance for $1,000. But, but if I was already a stripper, you know, I'm not going to get invited to the menuge, you know, and not fucking do my job. Right. You got to deliver. Yeah, exactly. I'm here to fucking throw ass. If Lori so. Lightfoot walked in this room and was like, for $1,000, Nina Kern, give me a lap dance, I would do it. The odds of me doing it for her are lower. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, I'd be more upset. I'd be like, no. Brandon Johnson is hotter than Lori Lightfoot. Sparse low, but yeah. I'm just saying. Lori Lightfoot looks like the shrunken head guy from Beetlejuice. She does. Poor lady. Um, Especially towards the end. 
Yeah, but here's the deal. You're just you're just not gonna not do your job, you know? It's not her fault. She should have been hitting her husband. All right. I I don't support We both agree that the stripper wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. So Green was taken to the hospital, and after this incident, she became paranoid that she was being followed, and she was murdered six months later. Now, obviously, many people deny this story, and that it was a... Obviously, many people deny the story, and a large part of that is because the exotic dancer that came forward had mental health issues, and it was said that she wasn't credible. Now, there are a lot of other things that happened that point to it being true and i believe personally that it was true there is an um there is an er worker who gave a testimony saying that green came into the hospital beat the fuck up there were all of these um like security via like like black suvs basically outside with all these guys in it and he was like what's the deal with that and quote from another er employee carlita beat some bitch up And so, and then, like, all of the hospital workers were, like, sent out of the room, which they had never, that had never happened before. Um, So there was that. Then there was another, um, I think it was a police chief, or it was either a policeman or another politician who claimed later that I was invited to the party, um, but I didn't go. And then when he was asked, like, who invited you, he couldn't remember which is convenient. Uh, all of that sounds convenient. You didn't go. You got invited to a huge... The Manoogie and Manston, you and you a, didn't go? You got invited to a huge stripper party, and you said no? Don't fucking lie. Yeah, don't You went to that party, lie. man. Green's family filed a $150 million lawsuit against the city, but the judge ended up uh, ordering in favor of the city. What's also really sketchy about this is that... Um, there is a lot of missing evidence from that night, like 911 call logs that disappeared. They don't exist. Um, computers with information on them that went missing, things like that. So a lot of evidence was destroyed around this party and around the death of Tamara Green. And unfortunately, Tamara Green's murder is still unsolved to this day. Um, so this is just one of Kilpatrick's scandals. So, despite being such a shitty mayor and an all-around bad person, Kilpatrick did decide to run for re-election. During his re-election campaign, Kilpatrick's father claimed that the Manoogian mansion rumors were like the rumors that the Nazis spread about the Jews, which I think is a little bit extreme. No, what are you talking about? They're the same. (laughs) They're the same. They're the same, right? One, One led to... Genocide. Yeah, and then the other one... With the rumors that the Nazis spread about the Jews. <laughs> he did apologize for these comments later. Good. <laughs> Kilpatrick ran against a man named Freeman Hendricks for mayor. And although Hendricks had been predicted to be the winner, Kilpatrick came on top to serve for a second term of mayor. What the fuck? Yeah, he won 53% of the vote. That's a pretty solid yeah. chunk, so actually. So what I will say is... um. Kilpatrick was a very persuasive public speaker. And right before the um, voting happened, he did do like a big public speech that turned uh, that just like convinced a lot of people that he was going to turn the city around, even though he had proved before that he was not good. 
What is this? A fucking remember the Titans speech? Honestly, I'm not kidding you. If you listen to his speeches, yes. Oh. He really invokes, he evokes a lot of emotion. Like, I wasn't even a Detroit a Detroiter. Did you know that that's what they're called? A Detroiter. Oh, uh, that's Tim Robinson, Tim Robbins' show before he did I Think You Should Leave on Comedy Central. Mm. They're from Detroit. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, but if I was a Detroiter, I might have been swayed. I don't know. Huh. There were some good speeches. You're like, oh, damn, I want to trust this guy. And he has a face that you want to trust. He just, like, looks nice. Looks like a nice guy. He doesn't look like his wife would beat up the stripper that was giving him a lap dance. He Absolutely look like not. I don't think so. All right. Kilpatrick got elected for a second term, and I'm really glad that Lori Lightfoot did not. But Kilpatrick's second term didn't even go as good as his first term. Wow, that's surprising. <laughs> Um, during Kilpatrick's second term, Detroit was continuously late on its audits, costing the city even more money. And these late um, audits actually caused the state to withhold $35 million from Detroit because of them being late. Um, there was also... I don't even know if I should talk about this because I didn't really understand how it worked exactly, but Kilpatrick had made some sort of deal... That if the economy kept being good, that the city would pay a certain person, like the city would get a certain amount of money on mortgages and like get a certain percentage back. But then if there were to be a fall in the housing market, it would cost them a bunch of money. And he- oh, they probably did something where they like they like insured people so that they could get people to buy houses because though this is early, but Detroit has a real problem right now with people. An even bigger problem with people leaving the city. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, they they've always had an issue with that. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's the reason. Because, like so I said earlier, like I said earlier, in 1950, it was the fifth most popular city in the U.S., and now there's only about 600,000 residents. Yeah, so that's a huge decline. I know it's been about 70 years, but that's still a really big decline. Yeah, so I, it was probably like an initiative to get people to not leave. They were, yeah, they were like, but if you stay, and you know, you're. Your your mortgage goes down, well, like insured or whatever. Yeah, I'm assuming what it is. It, it was something That's along those like. lines. Um, but then of course the recession hit. In Perfect oh eight, yeah, Perfect and it ended up costing the city like, it like millions. I think it actually went into the billions of dollars. Great. Yeah. So he wasn't very. He wasn't a very good mayor. That's why the tigers suck so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot they had that. Um, after the alleged party at the Manoogian Mansion in 2003, former bodyguard Harold, I'm going to say this name wrong, Nelthrope, and former deputy police chief Gary Brown filed a civil lawsuit against Kilpatrick, claiming that they were both fired from their positions after investigating the party at the Manoogian Mansion, which is what happened. Um, Brown was in charge of the investigation, and Nelthrope um, gave investigators information. And Brown went on record saying, if I lost my job because I'm investigating something, clearly there is something to hide. Because you wouldn't fire me if there was nothing to hide. I don't know. I could definitely see someone being petty enough to be like, you're even investigating. I'm firing you. It's most likely that he did. I'm not saying yeah. it's not that. But I'm saying that, it that you know, that also is flawed logic, though. Like, just because he fired him. Fucking politicians are children. 
Yeah, that's true. Upset children. If you question them at all, even if they didn't do it, they're probably like to fucking boot you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, they both believe that they were fired um, to cover up Kilpatrick's affairs. The trial began in August of 2007 and went on trial. Christine Beatty, who we talked about earlier, Kilpatrick's mm-hmm. chief of staff, and Kilpatrick were both questioned, asking if they had had an affair. Um, Beatty and Kilpatrick both testified under oath that they had not been involved romantically or intimately in any way, shape, or form. Kilpatrick stated that, so when Beatty was asked questions, she just gave yes and no answers. Kilpatrick, he he is a long-winded individual just in general, but then he went on a whole rant about like how wrong this was and how like every time a woman is in a position of power, people just want to label her as a whore and it's disrespectful to her and disrespectful to her family when they're just trying to do their jobs. Now, I agree with Kilpatrick on this, that women are oftentimes accused of sleeping their way to the top, getting promotions because they've put out. And I would love this feminist moment from Kilpatrick. The only issue is they did have an affair. Kilpatrick settled with both Brown and Nelthorpe for $6.5 million. Um, The plaintiff's attorney, Mike Stefani, ended up receiving text messages between the mayor and Beattie, which proved that the two indeed did have an affair. Now, these some of these are a little bit... It's nothing more graphic than what we've already said on the show, but uh, some of these get a little graphic. Some of the text messages included, thank you for letting me make you feel good. Um, I've wanted to hold you so badly all day, but I was trying to stay focused at work. So I promise not to keep you longer than 15 minutes. Shouldn't take more than that anyway. Um, Chris, this is from Christine Beattie. I really wanted to give you some good head this morning and I didn't know how to ask you to let me do it. I've wanted to do it since Friday. Kilpatrick, next time, just tell me to sit down, shut up and do your thing. The text, uh, there were also texts exchanged about the two getting married one day. Um, There was also a concern that the two had been caught because apparently the two had an entanglement in a hotel room with Kilpatrick's security right outside the door. And the text messages about this read, they were right outside the the door. They had, the bodyguards, had to have heard everything. And Christine Bailey said, or Beattie said, so we are officially busted, LOL. Had to put the LOL in there. Um, Kilpatrick had a lot of affairs while he was mayor. And this is where it became an issue was because like he was using the city money to treat these women and like taxpayer dollars were going to fund these affairs. That's where the issue lies. Like if you want to sleep like on like it's morally bankrupt. I don't think it's right for you to cheat on your spouse. However, I don't necessarily think that Personally, I don't think it's the public's business. And I, if it's like we said earlier, if it's two consenting adults. Now, when you are using people's tax money, if you are misappropriating funds to give these women women spa days, um, take them out to fancy dinners, have them sleeping in your hotel room, that's where I have an issue. And that's where I think a lot of people had an issue with this whole thing. Well, yeah, because that's not just... That's not just cheating on your wrong. own wife. It's illegal. 
Right. So it's not illegal to cheat on your wife. No. So that's where the issue lied in all of this. But what's so dumb about this whole thing is like, yes, it does look bad to have an affair and it isn't illegal, but it is illegal to lie on the stand and say, I didn't have an affair. I think the other thing too was Kilpatrick did talk about like God a lot. Um, and I oh, yeah, think it's super that hip- it's super hypocritical, but what the, yeah. what the hell do you expect? I think that was part of the reason also why he tried to conceal a lot of these affairs that he was having also because his wife would beat the shit out of somebody. Um, As she proved. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think he also wanted to continue a wholesome look, although he didn't, he proved to not be wholesome in his first term. When Kilpatrick found out that the attorney had copies of the text messages in his possession, he awarded Bell and Northrop $8.4 million instead, and there was an agreement that the text messages would never be leaked. Of course, they ended up coming to light. Um, Most of the text messages were released by a judge in October of 2008. Once it was found out that Beatty and Kilpatrick lied under oath, they got into serious trouble, as they should. Oh, and they were actually found out that they, they people figured this out, that they were lied on oath before the text messages were even released to the public. In March of 2008, a 12-count criminal indictment was made against Kilpatrick and Beatty. Kilpatrick was charged with eight felonies and Beatty was charged with seven. So the what they were charged with was for perjury, misconduct in office, and obstruction of justice. After this came out, Kilpatrick gave a speech about his felony charges. Um, he likened this to a witch hunt and then and said it was racially motivated. He also said that he had been called the N-word more times in the past few days than he, than he had been in his entire life. During the 70-minute speech, he detailed the changes that he was going to make and bring to Detroit and how he was going to make Detroit a better place. He did get a standing ovation at the end of the speech, however, but the entire audience was invite only. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He gave a 70-minute speech. Um, he really did, like dodge a lot of what was happening however and i don't know if i even should be saying this um because he said the reason that they were found guilty was because the jury was mostly white suburban people and that was why it's racially motivated okay so why didn't your lawyer your lawyer is part of jury selection right like like you both both your lawyer and the other lawyer agreed to who was on that jury. Um, Kilpatrick was ordered to remain in the city of Detroit. And if he were to leave, he needed to get position for permission first. Now I want it also noted that he is still in his mayoral position right now. He's right now. He is still mayor. Oh, wow. So in July of 2008, Kilpatrick went on a trip to Toronto for business or I'm sorry, Kilpatrick went on a trip to Ontario for business. What he was trying to do was give them, so he was trying to exchange money for like control of this one tunnel in Detroit. Oh, yeah. um, it would have benefited Ontario to have access to that, I'm sure, for like shipping and stuff like that. And so he was trying to negotiate with them. Like That's, that's crazy because he could have just paid $1,000 and gotten access to someone else's tunnel right there. <laughs> He'd done it previously, so that's, yeah, that's right? crazy. That's but crazy. I guess you can go to Ontario. So because he did not alert the courts that he was leaving, uh, this caused Kilpatrick to have to spend a night in jail, making him the first sitting mayor in history, sorry, the first sitting mayor of Detroit 
in history to be ordered to jail. He was allowed to leave jail the next day, but he had to pay a $50,000 cash bond and he was no longer allowed to travel. And he also had to wear a tracking device. The same day that Kilpatrick was released, Michigan Attorney General Mike Cox. <laughs> well, at least you're not you're not passing that one up. Uh, I was like, I wouldn't have even included his name if it wasn't Mike Cox. You just you're frantically every time you're writing outline trying to find a funny name. Yeah, you're like, like where, oh, is I don't know. where is it? Anyone tangentially related? Just put it in there. Seymour Butts. <laughs> <laughs> he was. <laughs> And when he pulled up, there was a valet outside of outside of Eddie V's seafood restaurant. His name was Seymour Butts. Seymour Butts. Um, so Mike Cox uh, added two more felony charges for insulting and interfering with a law officer. Allegedly, Kilpatrick shoved two police police officers when he was getting arrested. On September fourth, two thousand eight, Kilpatrick resigned as mayor of Detroit. On September eighteenth, he fled guilty. Is oh, sorry, he pled guilty to two felony counts and he agreed to spend four months in prison and pay one million dollars of restitution to Detroit. Kilpatrick only served 99 days of this sentence and then he went to South Lake, Texas, where he joined his family and started working for a Texas subsidiary of Compaware, which is a company that's headquartered in Detroit. So, and this was his chance to start a new life, get back on track, get on the right foot. And this should be at the end of the story, right? Something's something's making me think it's not, Nina. It's not. You're right, Kashan. So, Kilpatrick was required to pay back restitution to the city of Detroit. However, he was defaulting on his payments. He claimed poverty despite living in a home that cost $3,000 a month and his wife had a brand new car. Kilpatrick claimed that he didn't know how his bills were being paid and that he didn't even know if his wife had a job. During this, it was found out that some Detroit business leaders had paid Kilpatrick to leave office, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. They were like, resign? Here's some money. He had more than enough money to pay back his restitution payments, and the judge saw through all of this and ordered to pay Kilpatrick to pay back $300,000 in 90 days. In February of 2010, Kilpatrick missed a restitution payment of $79,000. There was a warrant out for Kilpatrick, and it was found that he had violated the terms of his probation, and he was sentenced to one and a half to five years in prison. However, Kilpatrick is still not out of the woods. In December of 2010, while he is literally in jail, and during this time, he and his wife got divorced. Oh, okay. That's probably a good call on her part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, in December of 2010, Kilpatrick was indicted on new corruption charges. Kilpatrick, his father Bernard, a contractor named Bobby Ferguson, and Kilpatrick's aide, Derek Miller, and Detroit Water Department Chief Victor Mercado were all charged with racketeering, extortion, bribery, and fraud. Well, what happened? They all abused Kilpatrick's power as mayor to line their pockets. Kilpatrick's friend, Bobby Ferguson, was a, um, was a, was a, sorry, Kilpatrick's friend, Bobby Ferguson, was a contractor for the city's water and sewer departments. Um, Kilpatrick convinced Mercado, who ran that, to um, use Ferguson for the contracts. These contracts were worth $127 million, and Kilpatrick got about $1 million in kickbacks. 
Mercado didn't get any money, but he did have a large salary that he wanted to keep, so he went along with what Kilpatrick said. It was also shown that Kilpatrick was using his nonprofit for fun money. He used this money for his trips, spa days, and his children's tuition. Kilpatrick's father launched his own consulting firm while his son was in office to get deals with the city. Bernard Kilpatrick would then take bribes to help people get these deals, including cash trips, Christmas presents, and expensive liquor. Because of all this, Kilpatrick was sentenced to 28 years in prison. Ferguson was sentenced to 21 years. Derek Miller, three years of supervision. And Bernard Ferguson to 15 months. Damn, they kind of slapped it down on them, huh? Yeah, I think because Kilpatrick had done so much. But his dad? His dad, what, 21 years? No, his friend who... Uh. No, his dad got 15, 15 months. His friend who was getting those contracts got the 21 years. Damn. Yeah. Kilpatrick tried to appeal his sentencing, but he was denied. And in 2018, he began to ask Donald Trump for a pardon. Kilpatrick's children were very passionate about getting justice for their father. They felt as though the sentencing was too harsh, and they started the Free Kwame Project. His son Jonas, a.k.a. Jojo the Dope Boy. Oh, that's such a bad name, dude. And it's, it, it's, you can't tell at home, but it's boy spelled B O I, bro. And it's the T H A. The, the boy. What the fuck? I, I'd be like, keep me in prison. Please. I don't want to see that kid anymore. What was that tuition? I stole all this money for tuition, and you're going to drop out and call yourself JoJo the Doughboy? God damn it. That's why I'm never having kids. Well, JoJo the Bo- sorry, JoJo the Doughboy, he released a song about his father's sentence. And here is a quick listen. There was no crime. He's trapped inside. What they minimize, what he did for the city. Ain't asking for your pity. Don't sit and just look pretty. Stand and do song with me. Uh, 28 year injustice. Black father sit in sales. Why they family out on crutches. Break the system. And they wonder. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's more than enough. It's not good. Um, uh, I also want to note that that music video for this song, Too Much Time. It was recorded on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Go do something else. Just make fucking music about... Anything. You, you could make music about your dad and still about strippers because there was so much crossover. So just do the normal stuff. Do the normal rap Just stuff do the normal stuff. And just throw your dad in every now and again. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Well, I do want it noted that Donald Trump... Did pardon Kwame Kilpatrick. Of course he did. On January 20th, 2021, when he had 12 hours left in office. He's one of those. Well, to be fair, there was like, what, like 180 people or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, He said that Kilpatrick had already served seven years for his crimes, and he was a leader in prison, noting his public speaking classes and Bible studies that he led. He was cranking those out. Are you kidding me? He didn't care what was in those. He's like, I don't know, write some shit. Yeah, right. Um, Kilpatrick still does owe restitution, and he will be not he will not be allowed to run for public office in Michigan until 2033, if he even does it. There's an end date to that? Yeah, it's like 20 years after you commit a crime. Oh, my God. Okay. It was just fucking stupid. You just should not be allowed to run again. You should yeah, not they, be able to hold any public office. They literally don't let you vote. 
for forever because he's a felon, right? Yeah. So it's like they don't let you vote for forever, but you can still get elected. How make does that make sense. any sense? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Um, since he's been released or since he got in trouble, I'm not exactly sure, but Kilpatrick did release a memoir. Um, since he has been released, he did get remarried and he had a baby. He also has worked as an ordained minister, motivational speaker, consultant, and a character coach. Great. Politicians often offer us the world fixed roadways, better funding for education, and thriving community programs. Citizens elect these politicians into office because they're promised for what they will do for us and how they will better our cities, towns, and countries. However, more often than not, politicians leave us with empty promises and a world of frustration. That is exactly what happened to the citizens of Detroit when they put Kwame Kilpatrick into office. Kilpatrick is the perfect example of what happens when greedy people are elected into positions of power. Kilpatrick abused his power to line his pockets, live a luxurious lifestyle, entertain women, and get kickbacks. In my opinion, Kwame Kilpatrick got off easy and is now married to his hot wife, living a life of virtually no consequence. Detroit is still building itself from the destruction that Kilpatrick left in his path. And who knows if they will ever be the city that they were in the 1950s ever again. Ah, but the Lions are doing good this year, huh, the baby? Lions! Are they? I know yeah. nothing about sports. Yeah, they are. Oh, good job, Detroit. Just, just trust me with this one. Okay. <laughs> All right? You say shit about Real Housewives, and I just agree. I'm just going to agree with your football quotes thank you for stats thank you very much yeah so that's the story of Kwame Kilpatrick so in the end it wasn't too much time served seven years yeah I I think it was it's it's probably just like the repeat offenses that really get you I think that that is what did it to be honest with you I don't think he would have gotten that much time in prison if he had not had so many repeat offenses yeah people were probably just fucking they were asking for him by that time yeah but it is said that they continue to find shit that he did you said his hot wife did he remarry yep okay yeah he got remarried I don't need to see her Nina she's blonde why do you care so much about what people look like? Um, it's probably because it's like it's like ninety percent of this of the podcast is you're like, what does this person look like? And I'm like, who cares? I just want to know what they look like so I can have like, oh, maybe this is, she's not. This is right, she's not. This blonde. is an audio platform. You know that, right? I know, but for myself, I just want to know. She's pretty. He looks like a fucking. He looks like a black country singer, <laughs> like Darius. Rucker. You mean Coffee Anderson? Who? Coffee Anderson. He's a black um, country singer. Probably. Or Darius Rucker. That's a good one. That's Carlita. That's the girl who beat the shit out of somebody. Nice. Yeah. Don't mess with me. I'll set you free. As my dad would say. To quote to quote Jojo the Doughboy. To quote Jojo the Doughboy. Too much time. Too much time. All right. And I don't want to take up any more of your time. So... If you liked what you listened to, uh, you and you just can't get enough of us, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands. We are on Twitter at White Collars Pod. We are on Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. We're on TikTok at White Collars Red Hands. You can also follow us on YouTube. 
at White Collars Red Hands. Subscribe to that. Uh, hit that little notification bell. Um, what else, Kashan? Um, you know, another free way that you can support us is by leaving us a review. You know, a lot of you are on Apple Podcasts, but we also are on Spotify. And we love a five-star review, but we also will take an honest review. Um, another great way that you can share about our podcast is by telling a friend. Halloween, man. Spooky. It's spooky. It's people out there. Being spooky. Dying. All right, what else? Um, if you want an unfree way to sponsor us, or not sponsor us, to support us, you can go to our website, whitecollarsredhands.com, and you can click on our merch tab. We have merch. Um, it'll take you over to Tee Public. You can buy whatever you want. The holidays are coming up, so buy someone you love something. Um, what else, Kashan? What else? Tell a friend. I said that. Well, tell another friend. You have two friends, right? You don't have hope. you don't have just one friend like a loser, right? You at least have two friends. So tell the Sean other one. even has two friends. Me and his girlfriend. What? I'm not friends with her. What are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> She's just around. <laughs> <laughs> she, I'm joking. I'm joking. I love you. I, if you're listening to this, uh, don't fucking murder me in my sleep. Don't pour up, pull a Carlita. She's the only one who can murder me in my sleep. Because she sleeps with you? No, she's quiet as fuck, dude. Oh, really? She's No, it's because she sleeps. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking oh. about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, sure. That can be it. All right. If it's not, we'll call it early. We'll call it early. Everyone head home, all right? Five all right. minutes early on us. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on another episode of White Collars Red, Red Hands. Hands.